Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. I hope this series has blessed you because I think of wisdom totally different now. We've camped out in Proverbs over the past weeks in this month, and man, it has blown my mind. I pray it has blown your mind in a great way about just the effects of wisdom, how Christ is our wisdom, and just how wisdom can transform our lives for the better. Well, today, I want to take you on a voyage as we speak today about the combination to the lock of life from Proverbs chapter two. And so I want you to understand from the jump combination locks can be amazing and frustrating all at the same time. See, if we rewind my life and you get to laugh at it in middle and high school, I remember having a combination lock on all of my lockers each year. However, I could never remember the combination and I would always be thankful for either the written down combination in my wallet or I would have put it under the contacts in my cell phone (laughs) because without having the combination and being reminded of it, I probably never would have gotten my belongings from inside of that locker. You see, however, having the combination is only half the battle. See, you had to know when to turn the lock left and then when to turn the lock right, when to go past the assigned number, and then when to go directly right to the assigned number just to get the combination unlocked. As tedious, frustrating, and careful as remembering the instructions to a combination lock can be, many of us compare this feeling to our individual lives. We often wonder, what is the meaning of life? Have you ever answered that question? We want to know, what is our purpose? And are we on the right path to reach our God-given potential? And so I stand today in the Second Punch Library because many of us often believe that if we read a thousand books or more, we'll have knowledge and we'll be ready and life will be great and all will be well. And do you need to read Yes, but finding the answers to the big questions that I just posed to you can often feel frustrating. It can feel tedious. It can feel careful. It can feel stressful and strikingly similar to that of navigating a combination lock. But be encouraged, friends, because you have to learn to give yourself grace because Howard Thurman once told us he encourages us. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. So today we do just that. We take the idea of a combination lock along with what makes us come alive and we blend it together with great wisdom found in Proverbs chapter two. You see, this proverb is between a son and a father. 
And the father speaks to his son in such a loving but truthful manner, showing the son that the combination lock of life can only be unlocked by wisdom. Wisdom given to creation by God. So just like the old cheer that the cheerleaders used to say at different basketball games and sporting events, I'm going to ask for you to stop, to look, and to listen to what this father has to say in Proverbs 2, beginning in verse 1. The father says, My child, if you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, if you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver, and search for it as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk blamelessly, guarding the paths of justice and preserving the way of his faithful ones. You see, the combination that unlocks the lock of life and unlocks the answers to our greatest and biggest and gigantic questions is that of wisdom. But wisdom is quite specific, as we talked about last week. Here's the thing about wisdom. Wisdom helps us maneuver properly our greatest temptations. Mm -hmm. You see, this proverb is all about temptations that the son in this proverb is facing. He's facing the temptation of leaning towards violence, but also the temptation of being led by his sexual desires. You see, and his father is attempting to offer him very key wisdom that can unlock his potential. He also is attempting to offer his son wisdom that will help him properly navigate and maneuver these two temptations of violence and his sexual desires. This is why the father says, seek wisdom more than you seek silver or gold. Search for it all the time. And then he points his son to God. Why, you may ask, because God is the maker and the deliverer and the crafter of wisdom for life. Friends, think about it just like this. Just like we have clothes for all seasons of life, God has specific wisdom for every situation of life. You see, think about it. Your pain, your heartbreak, loneliness, betrayal, uncertainty, or the feeling of being lost, God has wisdom to help us properly navigate it all. Maybe you feel like giving up. Maybe you believe that no one cares. You probably may feel like you are undervalued. But if you don't even know how long you can make it, God has wisdom for it all. See, what we feel in moments has the propensity to tempt us into thinking that that moment will last an entire lifetime. And that's not true. Think about this. See, when pain arrives in our lives, we're very tempted to do whatever we have to do for that pain to cease. See, this temptation here means that we'll do things that are moral, things that are immoral, things that are right, things that are wrong. Why? Because we just want pain that's happening in the moment to stop. Friends, this father is saying, to us as well as his son, please don't make the mistake by allowing your temptations to lead you. Don't make your temptations your God. 
You see, seek the wisdom of God and God will reveal to you how to maneuver properly the temptations that you're faced with. So I ask you today in this library filled with the wisdom of books, this son was tempted by violence and his own sexual desires. But what at this moment is tempting you? Maybe as you look out into the world currently, you possibly find yourself maybe flirting with hopelessness. Could it be that you're tempted to believe due to being undervalued by others that you find yourself tempted to believe that God does not care about you? Friends, whatever your temptation may be, I stop by to tell you today, do not rely on your own understanding, but seek the wisdom of God. Allow God to guide you, to lead you, and to steer you, not your temptation. See, the combination lock to the lock of life, the combination to the lock of life is wisdom. And wisdom helps us to deal with our temptations. But what else does wisdom do? I'm glad you asked. It's right here in chapter 2 of Proverbs, verses 9 through 15, where we see this father continue his good conversation with his son. He says that then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Prudence will watch over you and understanding will guard you. It will save you from the way of the evil, from those who speak perversely, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Those whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. See, once we unlock the combination lock with wisdom, these verses teach us that gaining wisdom is a constant process. See, acquiring wisdom is more than knowledge. It's more than just reading books about a thing, but it in fact is knowledge applied. And it is, in fact, when one becomes what they have learned and what they are learning. See, this is why Paul told us in the Bible that we need to let the same mind that was in Christ be in us. It's also why Paul said in the Bible, hey, you all imitate me as I imitate Christ, because his hope was that everything that we learn about Jesus, that we would become. No, no, no. I'm not telling you that you need to, you will be divine or reach some stage of being divine. No, but we can take on Jesus's morals. We can care about the left out and the unnoticed, and we can make what is our hobby, our habit and make our habit, our norm. But maybe you still wrestle with this thought about how gaining wisdom can be a constant process. So let me take it off the top shelf for you. I want to give you four steps that will assist you in properly gaining wisdom. Here's the first step. The first step is this. You have to learn to trust God continually. You cannot trust God only part time, only when you feel like it or only when you are blessed, no stress with lots of happiness. You got to learn how to trust God continually, even when life is not good. Secondly, you got to learn how to read the Bible often. Oftentimes we're skeptical of God and we like to believe things about God that society may say about God, but we don't even know it's true because we've never read God's word continually. Trust God. 
read the Bible often, but thirdly, apply God's specific wisdom to every area of our lives. So when God gives you wisdom, don't say, hey, man, I don't like that. I'm going to put it back on the rack like it's some ugly shirt at a department store. But when God gives you wisdom, apply it immediately. But lastly, allow the experience of making mistakes to be lessons that we learn from. Don't allow mistakes to hinder you from your destiny, but allow mistakes to propel you toward God and to the purpose that God has for you. See, this process of trusting God, reading the Bible often, applying God's wisdom, allowing our mistakes to lead us and learn from and get us forward. This is the continual process that we must commit to over and over again, because as we open our heart to the wisdom of God, we form the habit of living lives that honor God. See, as we learn the wisdom of God, God's wisdom saturates our decision making. It affects our speech. It affects how we form community. It affects the morals that we exhibit and even the way we handle temptation and challenges. Understand today that unlocking the combination lock of life with wisdom is not a get out of problem free card. Don't we wish? I wish it was like Monopoly where we would say, hope we got the wisdom from God. Thank you. Life is great. No, it doesn't work like that. This godly wisdom helps us to be in the presence of evilness and wickedness in the world. And either God will equip us to wisely speak up and fight for change or in the presence of evilness and wickedness in the world, God has the power to save us from the wickedness and the evilness altogether. You see, this father in wisdom in Proverbs chapter two is telling his son and us that there is no need to ever believe that violence will have the final say. I mean, sure. We can look at the world right now and notice justice not being served. We can even notice hatred winning moments. But our hope given to us by Jesus reminds us that God is great, wise and powerful. We're reminded that hatred may win a quarter and justice could even win a half, but neither will win the game. You see, believers in God and the wisdom God gives, we live in great hope. We live in hope that what is crooked will be made straight. We live in hope that what is wrong will be made right. We live in hope that what is unbalanced will become balanced. And although I know it is tempting to give into momentary temptation, Proverbs 2 tells us, hold up, wait a minute and ask God, this situation is above me. How do I handle it? Hmm. When is the last time, friends, that you've ever been that open to God, where you were able to admit your weakness to God and ask God for God's wisdom? Friends, if you got to think longer than 20 seconds, don't think, but do. Try admitting your weakness to God about a given life situation and ask God for God's wisdom. Friends, we've seen that wisdom is specific and it can help us navigate our temptations. We've noticed that we have to commit to a constant process of gaining wisdom by reading the Bible, learning from our mistakes and, you know, all of what I named before. But yet I hope you're ready 
because we are about to go all the way in deep water. We are about to come face to face with what temptation looks like in verses 16 through 22 of Proverbs 2. So again, just like the cheerleaders will say, stop, look, and listen with me. This father tells his son, you will be saved from the loose woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the partner of her youth and forgets her sacred covenant. For her ways lead down to death and her paths to the shades. Those who go to her, they don't never come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. Therefore, walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the just. For the upright will abide in the land and the innocent will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Friends, within these verses, we notice exactly what temptation looks like. Temptation comes at three o'clock in the morning when you could wait for breakfast, but you get a three o'clock snack like me. Temptation comes when it's so alluring to take a shortcut instead of study. Temptation looks like pridefulness. It looks like sexual desires. It looks like the grass is greener, but those are just weeds. See, within Proverbs chapter two, what we notice is that this son has two very big temptations coming at him at the moment. And as we stated earlier, they are pridefulness and him being led by his sexual desires. Problem is his pridefulness and his sexual desires. They have some phrases that they communicate. These phrases are this pridefulness communicates. I deserve I deserve for my life to be this way. I deserve to have that friend. I deserve to have this job. But his sexual desires being led by them communicates, I need this. I got to have this. And see, I want you to catch this. There's a bad mixture going on. If you mix I deserve and I need together, you have a deadly cocktail, which can lead to the excuse to commit to just about anything. (laughs) See, I deserve and I need are both on the tree of entitlement and they land us in the dangerous territory of spinning the combination lock of life rather than unlocking the combination lock lock of life with wisdom. Please understand this very big truth today. Yes, temptations will arise, but God's strength and wisdom overcomes even our greatest temptations. Hmm. I'm going to say it again because somebody needs to be encouraged by that. God's strength and wisdom overcomes our greatest temptations. See, in all of our lives, it's so easy to lean into our temptations. See, when we neglect our relationship with God, that's when a void happens. And we need to fill that void. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? We will naturally attempt to fill that void with just about anything. Sometimes we fill those voids with empty desires, which fill our hearts with foolishness instead of replenishing our hearts with faith. But I want you to catch this. You can know every 66 books of the Bible, every verse in the Bible. You can read theology, study systematic theology, pastoral care and the like. And guess what, sweetie? You're still going to be tempted. (laughs) You can know everything about the eschatology. You can know pneumatology. You could have read every book in this library and you will still be faced with temptation. 
You know, Jesus was even tempted. He was tempted by Satan. And if Jesus was tempted, so will we be. However, notice what Jesus did. Jesus didn't think that he was better than the temptation. Jesus didn't even try to handle the temptation by himself. Jesus went to God. Jesus went to God's word and he sought refuge when he was tempted. The big question here is this. Will we? We are not asked to have the strength or the supernatural tactic to fight our temptations, but we are to ask God for wisdom and for strength to fight these grand, big temptations for us. That's wisdom. That doesn't hinder us, but it actually propels us forward. You see, godly wisdom is essential to every area of our lives. That's why we've talked about it so extensively this month. And we see throughout the Bible that when people had wisdom, they were able to conquer big things that were above them. Take Joseph in the Bible. If you don't know Joseph, go read some of Genesis. Joseph lived at a time where there was a shortage of food, but he asked God for wisdom on how to deal with this situation. And God gave Joseph wisdom and he properly navigated a famine and helped to rule all of Egypt. Take my brother, David. David is a grand mistake maker. He made a bunch of them, but yet he literally never allowed his failures to keep him away from the source of wisdom. And that is God for my girls and my females in the virtual space. You may know Abigail. If you don't know Abigail, go read first Samuel chapter 25, verse three. And she managed her entire household sensibly in spite of dealing with a crazy, unfriendly husband because she asked God for wisdom and God gave her wisdom to handle her challenge. But Abigail, David and Joseph cannot compare to that of Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect life in wisdom and died on a cross for all of humanity to carry out God's wise plan of saving us now and also in eternity. Wisdom, friends, is the combination that unlocks the lock of life. It unlocks our potential. It unlocks our purpose. And this father in Proverbs chapter two, he knew this. That's why he was pointing his son Godward. He was saying, I know violence is attempting to rule you. I know you're flirting with your sexual desires, but look to God. Friends, I don't know what's tempting you. It could be that anger is over your head. It could be that you're tempted to cheat on a test and take a shortcut. It could be that maybe racism is tempting you. It could mean that you, maybe your pridefulness is tempting you and you're thinking I'm better than somebody. Friend, you don't have to fight this temptation by yourself, but you can go to God who can give you the remedy for this and can give you wisdom that's specific for your situation. And so here is the truth. And here's the question. Will you be humble enough to ask God for help? Will you be humble enough to say, God, I need you because in your humility, it honors God and God relinquishes godly wisdom for you. That's my prayer that we will look to God and stop faking like we're so strong 
and allow God to help us understand how to navigate our temptations with wisdom. So together, our together takeaway is this. Godly wisdom is the panacea for all of life's greatest temptations. Panacea is the remedy. It's the treatment of the disease of all of our life's greatest temptations. So friends, you may be watching this and you may say, well, I heard that father talk to his son, but maybe you're tempted by unbelief. Maybe it's so much going on in the world that you're like, man, can I really hope in Jesus? And I want to tell you that you can. You can hope in Jesus. Jesus died that he would be our living hope and that we could cling to that hope every day. But if you have questions about the faith, questions about this hope, feel free to email us. Perhaps you're watching in this virtual space and you're saying, man, I really want to accept Jesus, but I don't know how. If that's you, I want you right now to know that you can accept Jesus. All you have to do is repeat a prayer right after me. If you're ready, we're ready. Let's pray. Gracious God, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died for me and I confess that Christ is the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, whether you have questions, whether you have just prayed this prayer of salvation or you have any prayer requests, I need you right now, whenever you can, email us at altogether at spdl.org. Friends, we love coming into this virtual space with you. And we just, if in case God leads you to want to give a gift financially, you can do so by going to spdl.org. The giving option is there. And under the drop down menu, you can indicate that you're giving a great gift to all together. Friends, I want you to know and be reminded of this fact from Proverbs 2, that godly wisdom is the panacea for all of our greatest temptations. So friends, trust in Christ, apply God's wisdom, and embrace diversity wherever you may find yourself this week. It's been great, and I hope that you have an amazing week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.